and welcome back to How to Ruin a Good Walk. We're on episode 16 and we've got another special guest on this week, Nat from Profit Golf. Welcome. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a little bit of a different one this week. And I think whereas previous weeks we've talked about things behind the ropes, I think this week now we want to, for me anyway, as a club golfer, I really want to know. Basically, he wants some free advice now. Yeah. What's going to make me better at golf? What am I doing wrong? So, what a bag. <laughs> so we'll, You're uh, straight in there, weren't you? Yeah, 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 not, not messing about. This is how to really go about. We don't mess about it. <laughs> so I'll let you carry on. Alex, okay, together. so um, Nat, if, you're, you're obviously new to this um, on ours, but you have your own podcast as well. So just let everybody know what that is. Yep. So I host my own podcast, which is called the Profit Golf Conditioning Podcast. So probably um, a little bit more serious than this one. Um, we sort of <laughs> delve into uh, various different topics on golf performance. So mainly mainly fitness stuff. Um, we do a bit of sports psychology, a lot of technical stuff and general bits and bobs that any players can sort of have a listen to and, and try and take something away from to improve their own game. Class. I know you've had like uh, likes of Carl Morris on it, um, which on the sports psychology side of things is like, so I guess valuable, isn't it? Yeah, right. so 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 valuable. Um, so um, what you can do, guys, uh, if you head over to our Instagram, we'll link over to Nat's, and also on my Instagram as well, you can have a look at that. Uh, and that, what is your profit Instagram as well? Just let everybody know. Um, you can find me on at pro underscore fit golf. Cool. That's so you can see all the latest stuff on there to get you fit for your golf game. Okay, Nat. So there's all the serious stuff done. We yeah. want to start off with Chopper of the Week. So <laughs> we ideally want a story from you. Uh, all oh, about no. Well, I was, I was stuck for, for choice. There's plenty of uh, Chopper occasions <laughs> I can relate back to. But um, I suppose the main one, the one that sticks out the most would be, I don't know if you want to call it Chopper of the Week or Drunk of the Week. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> go. I got invited to uh, to play on this boys golf trip and um, this was probably about it must be about five years ago so I was a bit younger I was about 27 and I was the only girl but I was the the lowest handicap player so I was sort of ranked number one for our this team abroad? So like abroad? No, this, the, no well if you class form B as abroad then yeah <laughs> some then, people yeah, it right. right now it is <laughs> let's be fair honestly I'd take that now form B definitely it's a holiday um, so yeah, I got invited to play on this boys golf trip and, you know, people were warning me like, oh, it's boozy this, it's boozy, you know, you need to, you need to watch your back. And I'm like, I don't drink on golf trips. I'm here to win. You know, like, <laughs> no messing. I'm just here for the golf and then I'll be going home anyway. So I ended up playing, uh, playing this guy from the other team who all, we, we both played off plus one. So, um, we were playing off equal and I was three under and he beat me seven and six. So I was absolutely fuming at that for starters. He was about nine under par this guy. God. And then we uh, we came in, and next thing there's just like beer everywhere, and it's one of them. It was like I'd been getting pure banter all day because I was the only girl, which is fine. Like I absolutely love that; it was great. And um, all sorts is coming out. So then, like you've got to have drinks with us. You've got to drink, and I'm there like I'm an athlete. I'm a trainer. I'm <laughs> and I'd had uh, one or two, and that was it. I was roped in, and honestly, I have never been so drunk in my life. Like we were having this putting uh, competition on the on the putting green at Formby, which is quite a prestigious golf club, isn't it? At the best yeah, of times. Yeah. And we're like this rogue, rowdy lot from Manchester <laughs> on the putting green. And um, honestly, I was blind drunk. I couldn't see. I got in the minibus on the way home and I fell off the seat and I hurt my knee and everything came out of my pockets. My knee's never been right since. 
I didn't even make it home. I had to stay at a friend's house and I woke up the next day in my golf kit with my golf shoes on. I had my hat on, there was teeth eggs in the bed. It was like, it was an absolute shambles. And I just thought, I couldn't remember anything. I was like, I don't even know how I got here. I looked at my phone, my mum was texting me like, where are you? You've not come home. You were meant to be playing golf. Where are you? Like all these messages. And it was just, oh, it was the hangover from hell. I've never done it since. (laughs) What's funny about that is, there's probably a lot of people listening thinking, Been there, done that. Yeah, 100%. 100%. 100%. That's normal for them. I was just like, oh, I can't hack this. I'm too pure. So were you like training at the time as a pro and and as as a golfer and obviously doing the pro fit as well? Were you down that route at the time? So like looking after your career, thinking, right, I've got this to do, I've got tournaments to play. No, I mean, I'd long retired from competitive golf at that point, but I was still playing quite a bit. So I was playing to a decent standard and I was kind of just at the beginning of my career in what I do now so I was taking it very seriously I was training a lot in the gym and trying to set a good example because I read it off all in one night (laughs) yeah there was a a couple of my clients actually playing so I dread to think what they you know what they thought at the end it was that it was the falling off the seat in the minibus I think that did it it was just that I'd fallen asleep in the chair and I just slid down the seat fell on my knee and it's just it's never been right since (laughs) it's funny the way you say that you you know when like with footballers there's always that one bloke in the in the pub that oh I had a really bad knee injury but I'd have made it I, it's always like I thought you go down that route like yeah I had this really bad knee injury and I'm telling you now if, if it was now I'd be flying but this honestly knee that was it me. that's why that's, that's why I hit it left <laughs> you know what like like Josh said there'd be so many people listening to that story yeah. going you know what like I'd want I'd love to be on a trip by that right now uh, and we'll get into that, by the way, because there's been some news on golf. Uh, and, and two, they've 100% been in that situation. It's funny yeah. how you've gone there with the best intentions of right now. Dead serious. I'm going to play a golf. Got spanked and then actually played nicely and got spanked and then gone, ah, fuck it. Let's yeah. go get absolutely <laughs> pissed. <laughs> it was one of them. It's like, if you can't beat him, join him. You've just got to get stuck in. <laughs> that's cool, isn't it? Okay, so under some serious stuff now, that is chop of the week. I think that's, that's going to be one of my favourites so far. Yeah, so that was a good one to be fair. Very good. <laughs> the first drunk one we've had, Nat. Yeah, it's, um, it's 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 not got any better since. I mean, once you turn thirty, it's all downhill. I promise you, it's uh, it's true what they say. You're letting all the sins away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it last like three days, so just just be wary that it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll move on to the section that we call Tour Trash Talk now. So basically we'll cover over what happened on the PJ Tour. So this week was the Genesis Invitational. It was hosted by Tiger Woods. Uh, the winner after a playoff was Max Homer. He finished on 12 under, tied with Tony Finau. And then Sam Burns came and tied. Who's Sam Burns when he's at home? Third. That's what it's called, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know. Who is oh, he? I never heard I don't of him. Know. I, thought, I thought you were calling me out then. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm just saying I haven't heard of his name before. No, he's, he's a young American... Laden, he was actually leading into the final round um, and he obviously came up just short. But I honestly, we've been talking about Tony Finau recently. I thought this was it. I thought this was going to be the one. But... I don't know. I just don't. Someone actually asked me this question. I want your opinion on this, Nat. Someone asked me last night, do you think Tony Finau will ever make like a breakthrough into like a major champion? I know that wasn't a major, but obviously winning an event like that. Tough question, that, isn't it? Um I don't know. To me, he's, he comes across as one of those like nearly players that's sort yeah. of like or, almost going to get over the line, but never really does. Maybe he'll do like a Sergio where he might, you know, he might get there, but it'll just be the one. 
yeah, yeah. It, it'll just be sort of you know in five to ten years time and it, things will just fall into place and it'll just happen it's mad though like obviously you look at Sergio like everybody's like oh I can't put well enough he strikes it lovely like tee to green but then with like Tony Fina he does look like a complete player like yeah. hits it long like he, he was unbelievable on the greens okay he missed the putt to win in the end but and then even his short game around the greens out the bunkers was class all weekend so it's it's a strange one, really. Like, I think you could be right in that in the sense that maybe he's going to be like a bit like a Lee Westwood. Yeah, he oh. just looks too nice to me. He looks like he's too much of a nice guy. And that's not, you know, that's not necessarily a bad, bad <laughs> Don't thing. Don't be the nice life. guy, all right, everybody. <laughs> no, but, you know, if you look at you look at someone like Kepka and Johnson, they've just got an edge about them where they just, yeah. they've got that look in their eye where it's like, you know what, I'm, I'm probably a nice guy off the golf course, but I'm here to beat you. And I'm yeah. just a bit, a bit like down. Matt Wallace kind of thing like I know he's not one of major Matt Wallace but like you get him on the golf course a European tour event where he sees himself as one of the bigger players that week he's sort of got that like same arrogance about him yeah I think you need a bit of that definitely yeah. and I think I think you I think that's a really good way of looking at it because we've we've spoke about Brooks and DJ and how they just set themselves apart and it's that like mentality yeah, but Brooks, isn't it? Brooks seems like a bit of a knobhead about it Whereas DJ is a bit like kind of a bit more relaxed about it and a bit more like underlying confident, which actually yeah. is probably more powerful. When when Brooks stands there and sits there and goes in a press conference, yeah, you only see me play at the majors. Bullshit. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. yeah I don't practice. Yeah. Nah. yeah. Um, so basically, the Max Homer that won. So that's an, actually an event in his hometown. He's been going there since he was a kid. He said one of his quotes was, "He's been going there since he's a baby," and the eight-year-old Max would be unbelievably proud. Um, but what made what really made me laugh about him? He's like fangirling Tiger, like the yeah, like... mate. What the one you, you're laughing about this, but like no, but... me and Nat, when growing up going golf, like Tiger was like our absolute hero. You've the won an event that Tiger's hosted, yeah, mate, and you're there going, Aah. mate. Tiger was Tiger was the same. I was the same like watching Tiger when I grew up. But okay, I'm not to your guys. Did though. you have a red polo shirt though when you played your junior golf? Because if you didn't, fan. you weren't a, you weren't a proper fan. I, see, I'm a city fan. I can't wear red. Nah, please no, tell me you had. Come on, this is not about football. <laughs> <laughs> please tell me you had the polo shirt. I had, I had two here with with no collar. Yeah, with no buttons. Oh, there we go. Oh, trends before God. you even yes. knew the trends. Oh, I remember when that came out. I was like, I am getting one of those, and it was blatantly a boys' top. But I was like, Tiger wears this. So <laughs> it's good enough for Tiger. It's good enough yeah. for me. That's okay, it. so let's you, now you two can stop fangirling him. And uh, he basically <laughs> said, he come out. He said he's going to have to apologize to Tiger. Because you're not supposed to miss miss three foot putts in front Why of Why did he miss a three foot putt last? Yeah, he missed a three foot putt in front of Tiger Woods. Obviously, sort of nerves have got to him now, haven't they? But then he also said that earlier in the week he got scared. He's seen him and got scared to go and talk to him. But now Tiger's got to talk, got to go the other way and talk to him because he's got to hand him the trophy, which I think is quite wholesome, isn't it? Like, humble. Humble. Yeah, like this guy's like sort of looking up to this god of golf. And he is thinking, the god of golf, mate. Yeah, well, it is, yeah. But then I like thing, that. That's quite a nice story. That. It is, isn't it? Like it's it's almost like a it's in his hometown. B it's like his idol is is presenting the trophy, which is which is amazing. But a couple of things came out of the weekend. So Rory missed his first cut in eighteen months. Masters round the corner. This is Rory the missing the cut. Everybody's like, oh, he's gonna have a good chance. Well, any time there's a Masters and Rory's involved, people are like gonna complete the career grand slam. Yeah. What do you think about Rory? Because he is obviously an unbelievable talent and has, and has had an unbelievable career today. But I don't know. I sort of, as an outsider looking in, see that he's sort of lost that 
fire in his belly to compete. Whether that's me just generalizing, I don't know. But it's not Gareth Bale <laughs> or McElroy, mate. Like, the guy's still churning out results. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's true, though, isn't it? He's still churning out results. It's difficult. And I'm a massive Rory fan. I really like Rory. I like his golf swing. I like his attitude. I think he's probably a top guy. I like his dedication. But I think it could be one of those things where if you want something so badly, you're actually in your own way. Mm. You know, for someone like Rory, like you say, he's trying to complete the career Grand Slam and even just winning a green jacket anyway has got to be like a dream come true for so many golfers. Like, imagine trying to chase that on Augusta, back nine, you're leading. It must be terrifying like to, to deal with that pressure like you've got to be a, a tough person that's that's a tough situation that I think yeah and like we've said previously it's almost like there's a mental block there yeah like he's, he's had the issues in the past where he's been that's leading and reckoned. gone downhill but Siri um, just said that's what I reckoned oh, well it must <laughs> be I must be sure, yeah. well, be right everybody um, <laughs> but maybe maybe that's what it is with him but I don't know he, he played well he played well last year like nah, can he win the Masters this year. Yeah, this year. Yeah, I do think he can. Yeah, I think he can. I think, um, I, I don't think you could ever write Rory off for anything. He's just too good. I think one of the most difficult things has got to be as a sportsman that when you've had that level of success mentally, like it's very difficult to get yourself up for it because if you yeah. think you're going home to a comfortable life, there's, you know, when you're starting out on tour, you're fighting for everything. You've got no money. You're trying to prove yourself right. You're trying to prove other people wrong. And once you, you tick those boxes, it's difficult to keep chasing things. So the yeah. mindset's completely different. So maybe for Rory, that is almost, you know, he's, he's, he's blocking himself in a way because he wants it so badly. It's trying to get it, it becomes even harder. Mm. Yeah, no. Maybe. I've not I thought about it like that. Yeah, I think that's very, very good. Like he's, he's almost putting even more unnecessary pressure on himself, isn't he? Um, yeah. So another huge talking point was during an interview, Tiger said that he hopes to be back in time for the Masters. So obviously that's not far off. 48, um, 47 days away, to be precise. Not like you're counting. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's the start of golf. It literally is the start of golf. Yeah, that, that, that's fair enough. I'm not gonna, I've got a calendar as well. Um, and potentially is hoping to get an event in before the Masters. But from a fitness and a physicality point of view, obviously we all know about the amount of surgeries he's had and the injuries he's had. Surely that's got to take a toll. Like, okay, the injuries have taken a toll, but the match surgery, like, can he keep doing it? Can he keep coming back? Yeah, good question. I mean, surgery is a tough thing to come back from for anybody. And, you know, you're putting your life effectively in someone else's hands. So it depends on the quality of the surgery that you receive. So for someone like Tiger, it's obviously going to be at the highest level. But every time you, you know, you have a surgery, you basically change the structure of your body. So therefore it will heal and scar in a different manner. So someone like Tiger that's had multiple surgeries that, you know, that becomes more and more difficult every single time. Um, I think a lot of it with Tiger is pure mindset. You know, trying, you, someone that's won the US Open on one leg, you yeah. think if you can get past that pain barrier, imagine how much that must hurt every time you hit a shot to mm. then try and win as well. That's, you know, a completely different level. And I think, um, I don't know how true this is, but I've, I've heard stories of when I've sort of been in America doing courses and whatnot from from American fitness trainers that say that Tiger used to do a lot of work with like the the SAS and the Marines and stuff in uh, America and they used to go like running 10 miles with with bags on the back and like doing all sorts of crazy stuff and apparently that's where a lot of the injuries had started from it's rumor has it don't know how true this is but this is what I've, I've heard a few times 
So breaking news that breaking yeah, there news. we go. You see, <laughs> yeah, the title of the podcast now. Nat Nat Lowe says Tiger <laughs> Tiger Tigers. Tiger secretly on SAS. Who dares wins? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, so it's, yeah, I don't know. It's tough, isn't it? I mean, look at when you have any kind of serious injury, the recovery process is hard for anyone. Um, yeah. So. Can he come back? Yeah, he's Tiger, of course, he can come back. Can he come back the same or better? Mm, I don't know, jury's out on that one, I'm not sure. Because it was almost as if before he had this last surgery, A, I think the surgery caught everyone by surprise, didn't it? I don't, everyone was like, he's back, like he's back, he's playing unbelievable golf, winning events, like playing class. And then all of a sudden he's having back surgery again, and it's like, oh, here we go, yeah. like back yeah, to square yeah. one. So it'd be really interesting to see how he, A, if he gets back, but the other thing is, okay, he wants to get back for the Masters, but you don't want to rush that. No, sure. So I've got to forget the Masters yeah. and just, just take yeah. it. Now, I've got a question for you. Just on like preparing any, just have to be a golfer, just any athlete, mm-hmm. how much of it goes into getting them fit for the sport and how much is it in terms of like protecting them against injury? Or do they both like come hand in hand? Because like if it is true and he has been training with the SAS for a period of time and that, would probably be the most stupid mistake he's ever made looking back on it now. I mean, hindsight's great, but he obviously he's Tiger Woods. He will have had trainers around him at that time. Surely they could have foreseen that this is going to have probably some bad effect on my body later down the line. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a fine line, isn't it? It's very much depends on what that athlete's career goals are. Like if you've got someone that comes to you and goes, you know what, my only goal is to win a major and I don't care how we do it then all rules go out the window and you kind of do everything to, to make sure you achieve that goal. So your preparation is going to be different from someone who might turn up and say, you know what, my career goal is, is longevity. I want a, a career on tour for 30 years and then I want to go on the seniors tour. And then almost injury prevention becomes more of a priority because you have to you know, maintain the level of your fitness and the, and the capacity of your body to, to play for over a long period of time. Um, I think with with any kind of professional sport, you have to take into account some level of like periodization in the terms of there's a season and there's an off season and people are going to want to peak at certain times. So, you know, you've got four majors a year, people are going to try and want to try and play well around those tournaments, because of course they want to win those tournaments. So the way in which you train will, will change slightly around those events. Um, But I, I think for golfers in general, injury prevention has to be a massive massive part of what you do because think of the amount of golf balls you hit as an amateur you know you can treble quadruple that for the average professional so the pure repetition of the movement on your body is not great for your body so you have to make sure that you put you know other parameters in place to make sure that you can do that over a long period of time and that obviously comes with with training and, and effective work in the gym so it would depend on what the person wants you know uh, as to to how you approach it but I think the there has to be a logical aspect in terms of injury prevention definitely to a to a certain degree yeah because that's that's really interesting for me as well having played other sports than golf you have like your pre-season period don't you where in golf you don't really sort of a 360 that. tour now yeah, yeah. Pre, like, you don't really you, get that no if you play PJ tour and you play European tour like you could literally play every week of the year if you wanted to like, like Sun Jae-in, he's yeah. playing constantly. But then, yeah. so I would liken it to more of, okay, it's not quite on this scale, but more of like boxing training in the sense of you're cycling on and you're cycling off and you're, you're trying to be right for the right time. Well, boxing, have we? No, but you... Don't realise you had. But you know what I mean, don't you? Like, 
like they're, they're training for a fight like Nat said yeah, they're, they're training for the majors they're training for certain events where it, it's completely different so from a club golfer's perspective it's really interesting to see okay we're not training for those events and you just want to play as much as you can <laughs> training, for, <laughs> training for captain's day and all of it yeah. <laughs> 36 all event yeah. <laughs> but it's it's interesting to see how actually how different it actually is you don't think about it like that you just think oh they rock up and they play but obviously there's a lot more that goes into it you know you're saying about like uh be different for each player but do yeah. you not feel like now because golf is becoming more athletic in the sense of becoming distance about the game and sort of going down the Bryson route you reckon he's just out to make a lot of money in a short space of time and he's not after a long career he can't be if he's pounding his body like that surely yeah I mean um, again the jury's out a little bit on this one I mean for me as a, as a golf fitness trainer I look at, at that and I think something that's you know maybe not truthful about it um, you hate oh, it, don't you? No. You hate it. Go on, go on <laughs> no, I don't hate him at all. I really admire what he's done. I think <laughs> I, for me, Bryson's gone down the traditional bodybuilder's route in the sense where in order for him to hit the ball further, he's put mass on. So he weighs more. So effectively, there's more power behind the ball um, and compiled that with insane amount of fast swings. So just pure fast swing practice all the time. So he's gone down the route of like pile as much mass on as I can in a short space of time. And then all I'm going to do is sort of swing as fast as physically possible. till I sort of keep pushing the ceiling higher and higher and higher all the time. Um, whereas if you look at the average professional golfer and certainly the, the tour players that I would work with, our aim is not really to put on essential amounts of mass. It's kind of in a way, it's like boxing. You sort of liken liking it to boxing. You know, you have a cap of a weight. You can't go over a certain weight because that is the weight that you box to. But they're incredibly fast. You know, they're pound for pound as fast as they can possibly be. Whereas Bryson's the opposite. You know, he's he's pound for pound as heavy as he can be and he's trying to swing as fast as possible. So there's going to be a limit at a certain point where you know, there are other things that will, will come into play. Like, does he want to look like that? You know, if he puts another stone on, he's going to look yeah. like a fat lad. Does he want to look like that? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. This is, you know, I don't know if he's got a girlfriend or not. I don't know. You know, he, he might be thinking no one's going to want to go out on me if I look like John Daly. Like, it's it's going to be... Uh, Get the mullet back other, as well. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There's other things to consider. Um, you know, there's... <sighs> you got to look at it, I suppose, from a health perspective and say, like, is that healthy? You know, to be six protein shakes a day, I'm not sure that's that's healthy. You know, that's not real food for once. There's a lot of chemical in that. You know, it's, again, other people are going to have different opinions on it. Um, but again, may, maybe, uh, you know, he's thinking, well, I'm, I'm young. I'm not going to be this young forever. So if I'm going to do it, this is my time to do it. And for me, like, I look at that and I think, I admire that a lot. I think, you know, you should always be your best project. You know, you should be your best sort of experiment, really, always, because you you can see it, you can put the work in, you know best. So he's gone, well, I'm not going to copy anyone. I'm going to do this my own way. And he's looked at it from sort of like an analytical, scientific point of view, because that's what, you know, that's what he studied at school as well. So he's kind of gone down the route of the things that he knows, found a gap in the market and gone, well, if I can get along the driver and if I can get a two stone on me, then the math says I can hit it an extra 50 yards further. So let's try it. And, you know, that's what he's done. And I, I, I admire that. I think it's good for golf. It's good for 
you know, breaking sort of barriers in sport as well, whether it lasts forever or not, I don't know, because I feel like at some point the authorities in golf are going to rein that back and they're going to change the ball to the point where it just won't travel that far. So you're still going to get the, the bigger hitters hitting it, you know, with the advantage, but you're not going to get them hitting it off the golf course and off the planet. I don't yeah. think you're going to see people driving it 400 yards at Augusta. I just think, I just think the purists are going to rein that back in. Yeah, yeah, and and, and I think I think you could be right. I, I disagree with that completely because I think it's ridiculous. I think I turn on to watch people absolutely biff it, but I think <laughs> golf golf in general players have just become more athletic. So yes, Bryson's taken to the extreme. So my my first question is, we've all seen the videos been working out. Yeah. So oh, before that, we get and, the, and that's going to go absolutely off on one. Exactly. It. <laughs> that's why I'm going to mention it, mate. <laughs> it up. Dangle the camera. Yeah. So we've all seen them. So before we move on to like the likes of DJ and Rory and, and Brooks, who were, who were unbelievable athletes in their own right, that those videos have been working out. It, like you said, he's going down that bodybuilding route, but they're, they're serious workouts. Is it fake, basically? Is it fake? <laughs> How sustainable is it? And is he going to cause himself injury? They'd be my questions. Right, well, I can only comment on the ones that I've actually seen. So I can only comment on the ones that I've actually seen. Um, the ones I've seen, I mean, I think I said to you, Alex, like some of that equipment honestly looks like it's come out of the 90s. Like, I swear that equipment was in the leisure centre that I used to go to. <laughs> um, you know, one of those, like, I don't even know what they're called, like an ab twister machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, you get women on that. And he was just like, yeah, I put 400 pounds on this and I just twist it. And like the guy, there's, there's like a little weedy lad that he's brought in his garage to sort of demo these exercises with. He's put like two pounds on it and couldn't move it. So is this real or not? I don't know. It's Bryson's a character, isn't he? So you, sometimes you just don't know if it's genuine. He might just be doing right. This is exactly what I do and does yeah. something completely different. Mm. Um, it's, for me, like as a trainer, it's not a strategy I'd use um, because it's a it's, it's almost like an old school methodology of training, something that you saw like Arnold Schwarzenegger do like back in the day, Muscle Beach. It's, it's you know, as much weight as you physically can shift and grow, basically. So you're bigger, you're bigger and stronger. Um, there are other ways to be stronger than just doing it through pure mass. Um, it's a tough one to know if it's true or not. I, I do think he probably does do it to a certain extent because you you can't argue the fact that he's got bigger. So he's done yeah. that somehow. So he's either done it through medical enhancement, you know, the old roids, which oh. um, there's been a lot, there's been, hey, this is, this is not me. I'm just, just throwing it out there as a suggestion. There's a lot, been a lot of rumour about that, but I don't know how he'd have got away with that if that's the case, because yeah. this drug testing is so efficient. So I don't know how he possibly would have got away with that. Um, unless he's best mates with Lance Armstrong, then I don't know. Um, <laughs> So I think he probably has done a lot of it. Whether it's good for your body, that's a different argument. I think if you look at a lot of bodybuilders, they don't look like healthy people. No. Um, everything they do is to the extreme. You know, their food is to the extreme. Their training is to the extreme. So for the average person, that's not that's not a good route for me personally. For someone like Bryson, who's got a goal that he wants to achieve, then he's going to go to the extreme because he wants to win. So. It's how hasn't he got injured, by the way? How, the how hasn't he got injured up to this point? Yeah. He's literally throwing himself at every single drive and he'd be doing countless amount of balls in practice as well. I'm amazed how he hasn't got injured. But it's not even that. It's the, the workouts as well. He's going in and he's doing like 
rotator cuff exercises with stupid, stupid weights on. And it's yeah, like, is he though? Is he yeah, but every, t- video? every time, you, yeah, but even doing it for a video, you're still putting your, putting your season been, at risk. Could have been the flash of the camera. That way, change it, douche, gone. Uh, it sounds like you're calling him out. I am. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, you know, it's, the stronger you are, the better you cope with the demands of things. So, you know, he's got pure mass on him. So he, he physically is in a better position to make those swings than someone half of his size. So, you know, he is protected by the fact that he's stronger. So yeah. muscle tissue protects joints. So there's more of it. So it's, you know, he is, uh, he, he's, he's better off in that sense. But you would think that, you know, the body does have a limit and it has a yeah. capacity, but maybe that's what he's trying to do. Maybe he's trying to find what that limit and what that point is. Um, and I guess you'll only know that when he, when or if he gets injured. Um, but for me, you know, he's put himself in a position where, you know, and he'll have people around him, hopefully, that are smart enough to know these things and go, well, you know, if you're going to hit 30, 140 mile an hour golf swings a day, then you have to be doing X, Y, Z to make sure yeah. that, you know, we don't put you... With, at harm's you know at harm's way essentially yeah. um well i guess time will tell won't it this is the you know this is the thing with it it's it's so new he's the first person that's ever really done anything like this you could argue you know faldo and greg norman and those boys from back in the day were sort of pioneers for fitness but it never really caught on and the equipment wasn't there to actually maximize it either so he's the first modern guy other than I suppose Tiger, you know, Tiger's been a huge influencer for golf fitness, but again, the technology wasn't there in the same way that it is now for him. So it'd be interesting yeah. to see. But I think golf, golf is in general, especially like that top 10, top 50. I'd say they're different, aren't they? No, I'd say, I'd say golfers who play on tour at any level, whether it's challenge tour, Euro pro web.com, PJ tour, they're all, understand the importance of it now i think i think that's filtered down like if you go back even probably five years ago there's probably a few people that did it on challenge show on euro pro whereas now it's everyone's got to be doing it if you want to perform that's why every single tour has got strength and depth yeah 100 but what i'm saying is you you look at players now and you you, so you look at dj brooks kepka roy mcelroy even john ram to an extent like and then you look at Okay, Tiger was an absolute freak athlete when he came onto the scene, but then he's playing people like Colin Montgomery, who, who doesn't strike me as an athlete. Do you know what I mean? And how dare you golf, say no, that? What I'm, saying, <laughs> what I'm saying is, what are you saying about Colin Montgomery? Golf. Don't I, you don't you trash talk him? Golf as a whole has become a lot more athletic as a sport. Yeah, I think, and I think like you said, that guys are just putting more importance on it because. They understand that they can get the extra inches, the extra yards, the extra, basically what's going to win the majors. So for me, and and I think it's amazing for the game. I think I love what Bryson's doing. Do you think the fact that they're going to change the equipment and all this is it's just taking away all that hard work in a sense? How is it though? Because he's still going to be longer than everybody else. Yeah, but yeah, he's still going to be. He's still going to be the longest okay, by so, 20, 30 yards over the majority of the field. Yeah, but but I I, I turn golf on. I nah nah nah. He's still going to be longest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I don't care if he can hit two hundred fifty yards. I care that he can hit it three hundred seventy-five yards. You will do yards. when everybody else is hitting one hundred ninety. Right, it's just game's boring again, isn't it? I'm just I, saying. I agree with you. I'm just saying. But do you do you, do you think over time, like golfers have become more athletic and put more more into that and? 
Yeah, hundred percent. I think I think golfers are now classed as athletes, which is actually yeah. quite a big thing for golf. Because I, you know, I, when I uh, was a junior, sort of used to get a lot of stick at school for people saying, oh, "Why do you play golf? It's an old man's game." Whereas yeah. now, no, no one's going to say that really now no. because it's not. Um, and I, th- I think as a professional or a, a young junior that wants to be an up and coming pro, it's a fact you have to train. If you're not going to train, you're left behind. Don't even bother. You're wasting your time. There's too many people that are, that are too good that you will not be able to compete with. That's just a fact. Um, so I think I, I think golf is a massively athletic sport. You know, like we've said for some of the reasons that if you want to hit the ball a long way, you've got to be strong, it's plain and simple. And if you want to avoid injury and have a long career, you've got to be strong. It's as simple as that. Um, and and that's that's where it's gone. That's where it's going to continue to go, I think. I've got a question for you now. Yeah, I've just, just thought of this. It wasn't on the little brief that we sent you before. So not throwing oh, the deep dear. end, don't worry. Um, trip wires. So, so like, do you think if someone trained and had the right team around them, no matter, uh, say it's a young person right now, right? If they had a good team around them, fitness, golf coach, um, good good role models, but weren't quite as talented, that good fitness, good coach and good role models would be far better than somebody that was really talented that didn't do any sort of fitness side of things? That's a good question, isn't it? That's a really interesting question because you look at other sports and you think, okay, I might not be the most talented footballer, so, oh, fitness gets me so best, my best example, Lionel Messi is a, technically probably a better footballer than Cristiano Ronaldo, but Cristiano Ronaldo is an athlete. He's worked hard and he's an unbelievable footballer. I was thinking more like Gary Neville. Bit shit, but no. runs all the way. Yeah, but that's the thing though, isn't it? That's the thing. A bit of a scrapper. Whereas golf is very much based around the technique and it's a hard sport in that sense. So a harder sport in that sense. So do you think it's actually going to, be that make that difference like I said well I think the thing about golf is that it's still a skill game at the end of the day and that it's you still got to get the ball in the least amount uh, in the whole least amount of shots as possible so yeah. it actually doesn't really matter how you do it as long as you do it that's the thing being stronger being longer off the tee gives you like a significant advantage over the next person it gives you leeway to make mistakes as we saw in like the US Open last year where the rough is you know knee high proper clag that if you hit it in that, you've got an advantage to get out of it. Where mm. you might have the skillful guy who, you know, hits fairways, hits greens, hole puts, but has an off day like that where he's, he's in the rough more often than normal and can't, physically can't get it out. Well, you've just played yourself out of a tournament that you probably could have played yourself into had you done a bit of work. So mm. it depends. I think for me, like, it comes down to attitude as well in the sense that if you think talent's ever enough to get you by, it's just not. There'll always no. be someone who will outwork you. It's as simple as that. I think that. it used to be, though. I think it used to be, and that's changed. Yeah, yeah. That, I think it's massively changed because you look at, you know, there's, there's probably countless golfers that have been and gone. Um, I can't even think of any off the top of my head. Maybe someone like Anthony Kim, who yeah. was probably in that category. He was like a talented young player, just immensely good, but no one knows him personally, so we don't know what he's ever done, but, you know, didn't come across as someone who worked hard. Uh, worked hard. And then you've got players who are grafters that will go, you know, no stone unturned for everything. And you like to think that that they get their just rewards in the end, that, you know, all that hard work does pay off and it does come to something. Um, so for me, like, it, it comes down to attitude. I think if you're willing to put the work in, it says a lot about you as a, yeah. as a person and a player. Um, 
And I, I'm just not a believer that talent is enough, if I'm honest. No, no. no. You like to think not, because obviously if you work hard, you like to, like you say, get your just rewards. So in terms of on tour, I know you spent a bit of time caddying as well, didn't you? Uh, for you and your friends, yeah. Holly Clyburn. Like, yeah. what does an, uh, like an average routine look like for a pro golfer like in terms of fitness? So, like, imagine they arrive to an event on a Monday. They obviously want to prepare for that Thursday, peak over the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. What does it all look like for a pro on tour? Yeah, again, it's uh, probably an annoying answer for you, but it depends on the person. It depends what they Bloody like. Bloody hell, that's not what I want. Some, like, <laughs> tips you got, some, you got some. So you got some juice. Um, oh, a weekly schedule. So, <laughs> yeah. All right, I'll keep it as uh, interesting as possible then. So if, <laughs> uh, if you think your average event's going to start on a Thursday, um, if, you, if you're working with a good player, they're probably going to be in the pro-am on a Wednesday as well. Um, so most players that I've worked with and most players that I know that I've spoken to like to do their bigger sessions on a Monday, Tuesday, because it gives them a little bit of recovery time. Um, so they, it means that if they're a bit sore on a Wednesday, it's not the end of the world because they're playing mm. in a pro-am and that doesn't really matter. doesn't count for anything. Um, so you, you typically, your heavier sessions in the gym will come in on a Monday, Tuesday. So that might be more weight-based, maybe some speed work as well. Um, as you get to a Wednesday, it's probably going to either be a rest day or very low-level load sort of mobility work, warm-up drills, things that complement the round or, or sticking points for people. So what, things that I typically call homework. So most players have got movements that they're inherently not good at um, that they typically need to work on quite a lot. So for some people, it's going to be their ankles or the hips and that type of thing. Um, so those type of drills. And then as we get into the event, so you've got like your Thursday, Friday, it normally involves just like a warm up pre-round. Um, so getting in one of the, the sort of tour trucks or whatever's being used on tour that week, warming up in the gym. Um, doing some, some like light resistance band work, some really light weights, whatever that player's personal preference of a warm-up is. Um, for me personally, as a golfer, like I quite like to do a heavy gym session and then play golf. I actually think it complements me quite well. I feel better mm -hmm. off the back of that. But I know there's a lot of golfers who don't like that. Um, and then again, the same would sort of happen on the Friday. And then again, it depends on your tee times. This way you have to be a little bit clever. So if you've got a really early tea time on a Thursday and a very late tea time on a Friday, you actually have a 24 hour window to train. You have a bit more recovery time. So you could train on a Thursday, mid morning, afternoon, straight after the round and still have 24 hours rest time. Yeah. Um, and then again, if they're playing on the weekend, Saturday, Sunday, you're going to probably follow similar suit. And this is where it's difficult for, you know, for tour players because they don't have a lot of available time. You know, if you, if you play right up until the Sunday, you make the cut you're then most likely going to be in a rush to jump on a plane somewhere else. So then by the time you get to the next destination, you could be in a completely different time zone for the next thing. So then you've got to take yeah. into account jet lag, nutrition, sleep, all these other things that impact your performance. So there's a lot of sort of science and thought that goes into it if, you, if you're going to do it properly. Um, and, and again, you know, it's, it's very much like personal preference, but I think as a professional, you have to get it into your schedule. You've got to get used to it. You can't use it as an excuse to say, well, I'm playing four or five days of the week, so I don't want to be sore. You just have to accept that that's going to happen at some point. Just get used because to it. it kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, if not, you're never going to train. You know, you, won't, you don't have the time to fit it in. Like we said, there's no off-season in golf. It pretty much runs 365. So you have to, you, you just got to get used to it. It's just part of it. You know what's mad there? You're saying about going to different time zones and like, People probably aren't aware of like 
if you are just got your card on tour, money's tight. You probably don't have many people in your team. You're sort of getting that advice from friends or from someone like you if, if you're part of their team. But if you haven't got that, like you're pretty much making those decisions yourself. Like, what, do I do a train? When do I not? Do I need to recover? Do I need to do this? But it's only the top guys, like your likes of Rory, DJs, all that kind of ilk of player. They're the ones that will get that advice from sound people. So they're almost probably told what to do, when, and then yeah. how to do it. They're more likely to be given a roadmap, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. All right, Boris. Oh, oh yeah, he's just been hearing the news, has he? <laughs> and on the 29th, uh, golf courses will be open. <laughs> Yeah, it's tough, isn't it? I think, um, and that's the thing, it's like, you know, lads and or girls that come up from Challenge Tour or Access Tour and they come onto the main tour, it's it's a massive transition that, because like you say, you, you know, you're on limited funds, you're trying to play your best, you're under pressure for that reason for one. Um, you've probably got to sacrifice the things that, that you can't afford, you know, which might be something like a trainer, physios, that type of thing, because you probably can't even afford a caddy at that point in time. Mm, yeah. Um so you, you have to kind of break the barriers a bit and, and sort of play well and, and make a few quid so that you can put that money back into your career to try and push on a little bit further. It's kind of like in football when you see championship teams get promoted, but they're straight back down the year after because yeah. it's like they just can't cope with the demands or they don't have the funds to, you know, to, to buy better, newer players that are, that are good enough to play at a higher level. And you kind of see that a little bit in golf. You know, you get players that come up from the challenge tour, lose their card again, and then they're back and then they're at tour school and it's, you know, they're constantly going around in this circle. And it's really tough. You know, golf's one of the only sports that you really are left to your own devices most of the time. You know, you don't get a lot of help. Everything's off your own back. You try and find your own sponsorship money all the time, try and buying your own equipment. Um, and and it's a tough journey, you know, and it's, it's just, it's got harder, like as we said, because yeah. the, the golfers these days are just so, so good. You, you could pick a name out of a hat most weeks and say they'll win because yeah. they've probably got as almost equal chance as the next person. Yeah. I'm glad you've said that because we're now going to go on to this week's event and we're going to ask you to pick who's going to win. Like you read on mine. Yeah, see that? Nice little link there. So this week we've got the WGC. Just on your roadmap, by the way. Shut up. This week we've got the WGC um, Workday Championship. So some notable players that are playing. Well, pretty much everyone's playing. But you've got like Hatton, Fleetwood, Fitzpatrick, Big Bryson's playing, Tony Finau, Abe Hamansa, I think, Xander Schofle, DJ, Spieth, Kupka, McElroy, Rahm, everyone's, everyone who's anyone is playing. Who do you think is going to win? This is the big Ooh. first event of the year, by the way. Yeah. Big question, this, isn't it? Well, I mean, uh, there's no pressure. Patrick was playing well, wasn't he, this, this last week? So I'm going to throw Matt, Matt. Matt, Matt Fitzpatrick out there. Josh oh. likes Matt. Yeah. Me and Matt don't get on because <laughs> of what don't he said about because of what he said about Bryson. <laughs> um, so Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick, for now, who are you going to go for? No, you go. You just seem to couple what I say, so you go first. Okay, I'm gonna throw. I'm gonna play it safe. I'm gonna play it so safe because I've, I've I've had two horrendous weeks. Don't I pick Bryson. Ricky Fowler who missed the cut and Bryson missed the cut, so I'm gonna go DJ. <laughs> That's, it's a fair one. Couldn't be safer. I'm going to go Abraham answer. I, I don't know. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know if I've left him in there from last week. I think that could be my poor Well, prep. that is absolute shambles. So I'd, I'd pick him back up. If Josh has made an absolute <laughs> balls up of that, um, I'm going to go... 
Fleetwood. Interesting. Yeah, that was my second pick. Yeah. Fleetwood. I think he's going to really... I think he's going to do some serious... I think he's going to win a major this year. I really do. I don't know why I think that. I just do. I like the guy. So, finally, before we move on to the last little bit about tech and t- fitness tech and things like that, what would be the one piece of advice you'd give to golfers looking to improve the game? So, we've had Ooh, players on previously talking about golf itself. Like, what fitness advice would you give me? Yeah, I'm trying to improve my game. Like, come on, right, give me some <laughs> look, look, look at him. This is a bit where you want the free session. Yeah. Correct. Um, <laughs> That's what it is. That, that was going to go, oh, so... Uh, I, can't, I don't know because it's, it's like personal to you. Josh is like, oh, just come down. Yeah. <laughs> it says on the screen here, it says golfers in brackets, uh, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, good question. Um, you know, the number one bit that I say to most people is you've got to make it specific to you. So I think, I think the key thing is that if you want to be better, you have to accept that you're going to have to invest a little bit of time and money. You know, people spend a lot of money on equipment, on clothing, on holidays, on all sorts of golf stuff. But then they get to the point where they can't hit the clubs they want to hit because their body physically won't do it. So I think it's one of those where you've just got to seek out the advice of, you know, a trusted professional, someone that's a golf fitness trainer, good PT, someone you know that you get on with, that can screen you, that can find out the issues that are going on with your body, that can link that to your golf swing um, and, and get the, the, the information that you need to improve. If you're going to do it, you've got to do it properly. There's no point winging it and guessing and going to the gym and going, I think I need to do a few squats. I think I need to do this. Find out what's exactly the issue, what's going on, uh, get the right exercises for you and commit to it. And that's, you know, it, it's not as difficult as people make it out to be. Like if you can, if you can get that bit right to start with and you can commit to it and go, you know what, I'm willing to do 10 minutes a day. You'd be surprised how all those 10 minutes add up to a really big change in a few weeks time. Um, just don't overcomplicate it and make sure you enjoy it that's got to be you know the reason why we play isn't it because you're meant to be enjoying it you know, you're meant to be enjoying golf lessons and mm. playing on the course and and the gym should be part of that as well I think that's the key thing really so many people might listen to this going like all right Jim is just lifting heavy weights it's not for me that oh, I've gone past it what does it look like for a club golfer now uh, who comes to you for the first time like what what is sort of the process they go through yeah, it's probably not what you imagine it to be. Um, it starts with a screening session. So we have um, what we call like a TPI screen, which is a series of movement tests, which are all related to the golf swing. So any new golfer that we start with goes through that process. So we put them through 16 movement tests and we want to know how they physically move. So we need to have the information in their body before we start in terms of you know, how, how well do they move at this point in time because that impacts the exercises and the programming and the structure that we give them going forwards. And, and obviously, you know, taking into account what their goals are, we want to know, right. Okay. Why are you here? What do you want from this process? You know, you're looking at, you want to hit the ball 20 yards further. You've had an old injury that you don't want to come back again. You know, you've, have you got technical issues with the golf swing that you're trying to improve and you just can't. And for a lot of people, it's a combination of the three, but some people will come with something specific. Um, so when we've got the results of that screening, what that does at my end, then it allows me to, to be quite specific with the, the exercises that I choose for them. For example, someone comes in and we find that they're terrible at all of the hip tests. Um, and we know that they've got an issue with hip mobility, so we can direct their training more specifically yeah. towards that rather than having them come in the gym with a, you know, generic PT without being any, you know, disrespectful in any way. And they're doing like a full body session that maybe 5% of that session will be beneficial towards the golf as opposed to the 95% that we might work on. 
Um, and then we pieced together some, some workout programs that we do together in the gym. So we taught them through the, the technique of the exercises and, and the importance of, of how to do things correctly and why this is important for the golf swing. Because I think for me as a coach, like I like you to be able to walk out of the room and know why you were there. You know, why have I just done that exercise? What is this, the relevance for, for my golf swing, for my health, whatever it might be? Um, if you ask me a question, hopefully I'll have the answer for you. I think that's important from the coach's end. Um, and then, you know, from there, we're looking at progressing that over time. So most of my clients will have simple, basic homework stuff to do on a daily basis. So things like I've said in the videos that we do, Alex, the kettle drills, you know, you put the kettle on in the morning, you should be able to do one of those exercises by the time the kettle's boiled. Really simple stuff like that. So it's marginal gains. And that's where you just about making it simple because, for the club golfer, they've got other things to take into account. They've got a busy job. They've probably yeah. got family. They've got other commitments. They don't have time available like tour players do. You know, tour players, this is their job. They're doing it all day, every day. So we expect them to be good at it. The average person, you know, they want to probably play 18 holes on a Saturday, have a laugh with the mates, maybe get nine holes in in the week, maybe a lesson if they're lucky. So to try and ask them to then go to the gym three or four times a week as well is just unrealistic. So we've got to find ways that work for them. So 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there, you know, and it's, it's about what works for you. Some people do like to do an hour's work of training in one slog. Some people like to break it down. You know, I'm working with a tour player at the minute that hates the gym, that, that couldn't think of anything worse than, than going to the gym. So it's got to be a case of, for him, it's break it down into smaller chunks that it's manageable, that his mind doesn't get to the point of going, I really don't like doing this, so I'm not getting anything from it. Yeah. Whereas if he can do it in 15 minutes then he's going to do it because it's it's over and done with. So that's that's how a typical process looks. And that's, you know, we would monitor that all the time. We'd be looking at, at, at your progress in, over time. You know, we might be re-screening, looking at some of the movements. How have they changed? How is your golf swing changing? You know, we expect you to sort of be sending golf swing videos to us so we can analyze them as well and, and work with the coach of whoever whoever's coaching that person. So we, we do our best to leave no stone unturned, really. Um, and it's the same approach that we would take with a tour player that we take with a club golfer. The just circumstances are different. Mm-hmm. That's class. So yeah. if you want to get involved in anything like that and you think, wow, well, I want to find those marginal gains, um, what's, the, what's the website, Nat? So make sure I don't say it wrong. <laughs> I say it wrong all the time. <laughs> it's um, www.pro-fitgolfconditioning.com. Perfect. So find that out. You've got loads of information on the website. You've got online courses, online videos, and yeah. So head it up there and and hopefully you can find some marginal gains for your game as well. Now let's get into our final bit today, tech talk. So we all see these, um, I call them get rich quick schemes, speed sticks, resistance bands and weighted golf clubs. Simple to the point. Do they work or is it just a bit of a fad? Oh, big question again, isn't it? So, um, Speed sticks, I love them. I think they're a great tool um, for a few reasons. Um, they're obviously very golf specific, um, but they do work. So the theory behind it is fairly simple in the sense that the stick gets heavier. You have to put more into that swing. Um, that creates a, a neural response within the body, which is sort of remembered by the brain. So by the time you come back to a lighter stick, you've got the capacity to swing it harder and faster. In the same way that training works, you know, you overload muscle tissue to become stronger, basically. Um, so I'm a bit, I'm a big fan of speed sticks. And I, th- I think as well, you know, they're a bit of fun. It's, you know, it's, it's a bit of something different. It's not so technically serious, like having a golf lesson or being on the range. 
Um, and it actually does teach you to be a faster person. You know, if yeah. you've got a monitor in front of you and it says 100 on it, well, you want to be at 105, you want to be at 110, you can be a bit competitive with, you know, your mates or whoever it is. So speed sticks get a big tick from me. Um, resist, uh, resistance bands, definitely. Uh, I use bands every day. Um, and I think at the minute for us, you know, we've been in lockdown for a long time. A lot of people don't have gym equipment, whereas a resistance band is a really cheap investment that's really versatile. Um, and they're great for warm up tools as well. You know, when we do get back to the golf course, you can throw them in your golf bag. They weigh nothing. Um, and you can do a couple of exercises with them. Um, the weighted golf clubs, I haven't tried any modern versions. The only one that comes to mind, and <laughs> I don't know, Alex, you might remember this. I remember this from back in the day. There used to be a club and it had like, I think it was a yellow grip or yellow yeah. like thumbprints in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like you had to put like a perfect grip in it. And I always remember it was too big for my hands. It was like so separate. I couldn't even hold it. And the club was like five kilo or something stupid. And it yeah. was like you... Yeah, I mean, again, the theory is pretty similar to speed sticks. I've not used any of the modern weighted club um, sort of new tools, so I don't actually know on those ones. But if they're working down the same lines as speed sticks, the theory should be relatively similar. Um, I'm pretty sure you could probably just swing two clubs, though, and save yourself the money if that's what you wanted to do. <laughs> See, I was, I was just going to mention that. So... The stuff like the speed sticks, and I know you mentioned about resistance band warming up for, for golf, but the speed sticks and the weighted golf club. So I remember like when I was younger, seeing people, and you probably still see it now. I just probably don't pay that much attention, but seeing blokes like pulling like five, golf yeah. five clubs out of the bag and like <laughs> slinging them on the first two. Like, still see it now, mate. Like that, that, surely, okay, it's good. Maybe it'll be good for training. Well, surely that can't be good if you're stepping on the first seat and then all of a sudden you're going to be swinging one golf club and it's... It's the like, classic like, uh, car park warm-up, isn't it? It's yeah. like the, you get the bloke, boots open, pulls the bag out, shoes fall out, balls are falling out the bag, gets like a six and a seven iron out and just swings it. Yeah. Um, I mean, in that situation, it's probably not your best option. <laughs> uh, you know, especially like in the middle of winter, you're cold, you just whip two clubs out, start swinging them round and that's your warm-up. I don't know where that came from or where that started. I'd love to know who started that because I just, why would you do that? I just don't get it. I mean, there probably is some theory behind it somewhere along the line, but I think you are certainly better doing a, you know, a five-minute warm-up with a couple of specific exercises that are beneficial to you than whipping your four and five iron out and dragging them down the car park. But <laughs> who knows? I've, I've seen all sorts of uh, weird stuff, so that's just... That's just one of them. Yeah. And in two weeks' time, people are going to be whipping those golf clubs out oh, and giving them yeah. a swing. I'll be there in the yeah, car park. I mean, <laughs> I, I've seen a guy in the gym, in one of the old gyms that I used to work in, who got um, the the straight bars that you get that attach to the cable machine oh, that no. people do bicep curls with. Um, and he got a BOSU and he put it upside down, so it was like rocking all over the show. And he was swinging this... Um, like cable attachment while he was facing the mirror and this guy was like 80 he was, he was getting on a bit he was an old boy and I just thought this is going to end in trouble this and it was just <laughs> and then the next time I saw him he'd, he'd progressed from this like cable um, attachment to like an old school body pump bar which like extends the whole way across which must have weighed like an extra five kilo and he was swinging that on his BOSU as well so um, yeah you, you see it all 
the next time he's he's on crutches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. On that, thanks so much for coming on the pod. That that wraps us up for episode sixteen. Yes, thank you. No props. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. And guys, like we said, if you want any more information on how to get fit for your golf swing, and I think like me and Nat have done videos on my YouTube channel about this, where it's so vitally important to understand what's actually wrong in your game. I know Matt, Nat said on a few answers here, well, it's actually for that person. It's true. It is. So uh, head over to our website and find it out. And thanks for listening. Thanks, guys.